eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. It's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the uh, here with our guy, Bucks Superfan, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio, green and growing, baby. Uh, here again as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. Uh, and we will definitely get into some trade deadline discussion, including talking about the Kyrie Irving trade that has already happened. And we'll get Nathan's thoughts on that and what that means for the Nets going forward. But first, let's talk about this Bucks team uh, riding an eight-game winning streak as we record uh, today out on the uh, West Coast. And uh, no real issues with the first game of the West Coast trip uh, on Monday night. Uh, so I guess I'll start with this, Nathan. What do you think is the biggest difference? What's the biggest change that's allowed the Bucs to get on this eight-game winning streak? And again, as we record, they are one game out of the one seed behind the Boston Celtics. I mean... It's it's Chris Middleton coming back, but it's not just I mean, he's only playing limited minutes and he's not, you know, and he's still doing amazing limited minutes. He's had he already had a game on Saturday with 24 points in like 20 minutes. He's had yep. a game with you know, he's had plenty of, of amazing games just in his limited minutes. But like it's just the flow of things is so much better when he's back. And it's something that, you know, you almost can't quantify it as much it's it's like if you watch the bucks consistently without him and you watch them with him it's just you can see the difference you can see it's just nice to have him as a playmaker he's had pretty good assist numbers since he's come back again in limited minutes um you've got his mid-range scoring you've got his ball handling and it's something that this team just so desperately needed and so even if he's not like and again he has been in his in his minutes but even if he isn't scoring a ton it's like him being out there and, and, and you know he's only playing with he's been on the second unit on the bench so far uh, in his time back, but it's like, they just so desperately need that, that another guy that can consistently create his own shot on the perimeter and consistently handle the ball in the perimeter and kind of, you know, create their own offense. And we knew that. And it was something that, I mean, for a long time, you know, we didn't have Chris and you're kind of just hoping and, and like, okay, I hope Chris solves this issue. And, you know, yes, they need ball handling, but that is Chris Middleton's game. And hopefully that's something that, you know, it's, it, 
and now we're finally seeing it actually coming to fruition and like okay we aren't you know we weren't lying to ourselves this is actually something that he's going to help us a ton with the offense has been much better since he's gotten back and i mean the defense has been you know not as good as it was earlier in the season and they're still rattling off wins because their offense has kind of um i guess caught up to their defense a little bit and i mean it's just it's largely just because of chris and then him opening things up for Giannis, who's been absolutely absurd in these last eight games and much more efficient. Like the, the problems that we had with Giannis before don't seem to be as big of problems now with Chris coming back, which again is something that we were hoping. Like, yes, Giannis has been a little bit inefficient you know, prior to a few weeks ago, and we were hoping, okay, Chris coming back should help that a little bit, take some pressure off of him, and it won't just be always Giannis, the guy bringing the ball up and doing everything. And again, we we've seen that now, and we've seen – him be really efficient, him putting up monster games and, you know, playing 35 minutes or less and still putting up these huge, huge performances. So he's just, he's been awesome. Chris has been awesome. And I just, I mean, they're, they look great right now. Yeah, Brooke had a big game uh, last night to kick off the West Coast trip. Uh, that was a big deal. I was tweeting during that game last night that, you know, Giannis was in foul trouble um, throughout that game and then was uh, really in foul trouble there in the uh, middle to end of the third. Bucks had that game in control, and I was already on the bandwagon of, to just pull him, get him out of there. Like, there is no reason to have him playing out there with a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter uh, in any situation, but especially at the start of a West Coast trip. Like, the even more of a reason to rest Giannis if need be. And I get Giannis wants to get his numbers, keep his average up, all that stuff, put on a show for the fans. Did it seem like to you like half that place was there to see Giannis more than they were there to see the team that the Bucs were playing? Because they were getting all excited every time Giannis did something. Yeah, and I think that's that's the case with a lot of these you know opposing arenas now, especially teams that aren't super good or anything. It's like, I mean, again, we were on the other side of that for so sure. long. It's like we were we were that mediocre team that – Okay, there's nothing you know to get super excited about. Obviously, Portland has Dame, but like again, he's been there a while. I feel like you know they they just kind of know what they have in this team, and you know again back in the day, it's like when the Heat came to town and it was like oh my goodness, you know we we have like this is a huge game, this is awesome, this is like something you want to go see, and it's like anyone who's kind of you know not who probably wasn't that into the Bucks or was just kind of like a, a neutral fan would have been more like oh I'm gonna go, I want to see LeBron, I want to see the Heat, and. So that kind of leads to that kind of stuff just happening. And um, so it is weird being on the other side because you just never really thought the Bucks would, you know, again, small, mar small market. It's like you would yep. have needed – you needed a mega, mega star to do that, and we have it. And it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. The the You know, I, I have people DM me that will be like, oh, I'm, I live in Portland. Like, I want to see Giannis play and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, like, do you have any – you know, do you know if I can get tickets or whatever? I'm just like, yeah, it's just it's it's such a different world as far as being a Bucks fan than it was, you know, uh, 10 years ago, whatever. Right. How long does this uh, win streak last now? Because uh, as we talk, LeBron James is going to play tonight against Oklahoma City Thunder, 36 points away from getting Jabbar's record. Odds are that will not happen because I'm sure he does want to break it against Milwaukee on TNT with Jabbar, I'm sure, in the house. So that'll be the Bucks' next game, Thursday night uh, against the Lakers, the next time we record before that game. Then the Clippers on Friday, back-to-back. -back. But the beautiful thing about this back-to-back -back is it's the same stadium. It's the same city. You don't got to get on a plane and go nowhere. Like, from a Bucks perspective, it couldn't work out any better than that. Uh, and that's how this West Coast trip ends up. Three games, two of them uh, are in L.A. Do they get back home to take on Boston Tuesday night, February 14th? Happy Valentine's Day. 
against the Boston Celtics on TNT. Do they get into that game with an 11-game winning streak? Or actually, 10-game winning streak it would be. They very, very well could, but I don't know. I th- I think with the combination of, you know, it's LeBron going for the record, and I think, um, I don't know, that could be a little bit distracting. That could be a little bit of something that throws the Bucks off maybe just a little bit of, you know, that whole thing going on. And then, and they added, I guess the added pressure of like playing in that game that, you know, everyone's watching that. But game. it's also a trade deadline. Russell Westbrook could be traded that day. I mean, you don't know what bodies will and won't be on either one of these teams. Odds are the Bucks will probably look more familiar than maybe the Lakers if they decide uh, to try and make a big move here. Yeah. And for sure. I mean, I, it could be different. It could be, I mean, I don't know how much the, what the Lakers are going to do exactly if they're going to really make any huge moves, but, um, you know, that, that's a good point that very well could be, but either way, I just think, you know, if they have LeBron and they have AD and, um, and, you know, again, with, with the whole LeBron scoring title thing going on, it's like, I just think that could be something that causes a, a loss maybe. And then they play the Clippers on a back-to-back the next night who, you know, honestly, I mean, in probably should have beaten us in that first game. We came back from 20 plus down and we're able to kind of claw our way back and, and got a bunch of stops late and able to win that game by one but easily could have gone the other way and they've been playing really well lately. So I think, you know, combining those two, like I think there's probably going to be a good chance that we lose one of those two. Um, but I mean, if they do, it's not the end of the world and it's whatever, it's a back-to-back it's, you know, a couple kind of tough games and um, then you have Boston coming up. So, I mean, those are three pretty tough games coming up. I'd have to assume it's going to end pretty quickly here, but it's more just like, I just want to make sure they're still looking good and they're, you know, I it's, they're still fine. I'm really excited uh, to see what Boston does at the trade deadline uh, as far as are they going to make that big move one way or the other. Let's get into the uh, trade deadline discussion here, and this is what we'll do the rest of the podcast. Let's first, before we get to Boston and Stephen A. Smith and what he was hearing, let's first start off with the big blockbuster uh, deal that happened first, which is Kyrie Irving uh, getting shipped over uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. How much better do you view Dallas at this point, Nathan Marzian, as far as a threat uh, to come out of the West? Because right now it's Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, those top three seeds in the West. I mean, their ceiling definitely goes up. Like you have now two stars. You have your guy to pair with Luca, who if things go perfectly and if he is on the court all the time and he's not a distraction and all that, which is a huge, huge if, but if that happens, your ceiling raises a lot because, you know, you have those two guys. Um, the floor, I think, is definitely lower. You know, you, it could go very south. It could be something that those two cannot play together. It could be something that Kyrie really upsets uh, Luca, and it really, you know, it could be something that completely backfires on them. But I kind of said I I respect Dallas for taking the chance because they've been stuck in this like Luca plus a bunch of like decent players and nobody really special for so long that it's like you've got to try to go all in at some point. Well, you have him just because it's like you don't know how long that's going to last. You don't know, you know, he's, you know, he's at right in his prime right now. It's like you've got to at least do something to try to, you know, win a title and try to make that extra step. Cause it's like you knew with the team they had, Luca's amazing, but they're not going to win the title. They're probably not even going to get to like the West Finals when they just have, you know, him and Dinwiddie and whatever. And so it's like, it's nice to, I, in my opinion, see them at least try to do that. Even if it doesn't work, it's something that, okay, at least we tried, at least we were you know, aggressive and trying to, you know, go for this thing. And then on the other side with Brooklyn, you know, I think it kind of does the opposite. It probably lowers their ceiling a little bit. 
but their floor is probably higher. I mean, I like those guys they got back. I think it's a pretty good return for them, you know, especially because they knew they probably weren't, you know, Kyrie requested a trade, so they probably weren't going to, um, you know, they didn't want to have him around anyways. So they still got a pretty good haul for him. And uh, yeah, I mean, not having, you know, now that they're kind of in the same spot the Mavs were just in, where like they have a star now and they don't really have the second star to go along with them. Ben Simmons, man, they're paying him star money. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, they're kind of in that same spot now. And I mean, I'm always going to be a little bit like if the Bucks play the Nets, just Katie alone gives you fear. It gives sure. you, okay, you know, that dude can at any point beat you alone. And so that always, you know, puts a little bit of fear into you. But at least now you're not, you know, I, it just, I don't see him beating you four times in seven games. Whereas, you know, again, if Katie and Kyrie are click, which they were for a while, but obviously you kind of felt like it was going to end at some point. If they're clicking, if they're both on the top of their game, yeah, they could beat you four times in seven games. Um, but now it just seems like the Nets probably aren't going to be a team that really threatens the Bucks unless they make a move here um, to get someone else. But yeah, I just it, it kind of does the opposite thing for both teams, but I kind of like it for both. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's a lot of uh, stuff out there right now uh, concerning Toronto because a lot of people believe the Raptors may blow this up. Uh, and as Eric Name told us, they try to win every trade possible when they're in that situation. And there was one report out saying that the Brooklyn Nets were in conversation about shipping Ben Simmons and several ones uh, to get Pascal Siakam. Brian Windhorst, I believe it was earlier today on Tuesday as we record this, said that the Nets are in a tough spot because they have to decide whether or not they're going to go in on trying to add really good players around Durant here at the deadline to give them a chance still to try and compete to come out of the East, or do they essentially blow this thing up um, and move KD while you could still get a halt? Because the gamble is, okay, you push in, you go get Siakam, you give up ones uh, in Ben Simmons. Uh, that's not a big loss, Ben Simmons, but you go and do that. Maybe you make another big move as well. And then at the, after the season's all done, Durant looks around and goes, nah, I don't really like this anymore. I want you to trade me. And then you just screwed yourself and wasted all that inventory. It is a very tricky deadline for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. There's part of me, if I'm Brooklyn, I think I would consider moving them. I do. I, I think I would. Consider moving Durant, moving Ben Simmons, who has no value. But I would consider moving both of them and trying to start this thing over. The problem is you're so far into the season, you're you've won too many games to be in the Wembenyama stake uh, sweepstakes. Now that's the guy that everybody wants, or Scooter, I guess you can get him at two. But I mean, one of those two dudes, and 
you know, San Antonio, like I said, they played this perfectly. Now, with that stupid lottery, who knows who's going to win the lottery? So, I mean, Brooklyn could still win the lottery and have that guy to build around going forward. Uh, but you'd have to think, Nathan, that Kevin Durant is going to get you a haul and a half uh, if you decide to move Kevin Durant between now and Thursday. Yeah, and I think it's a situation, like you said, it's a really tricky situation for them to be in. I think no matter what they do, you know, whichever way they go, it'll make, you know, there's there it'll make partial sense. Like if they want to stick with it and say, we're going to try to get someone with KD or go forward with KD because it's Kevin Durant and he's awesome. And he could, again, you know, at any point win you a playoff series, win you a playoff game, whatever. I can understand doing that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if things look like they're kind of starting to go south and you can still get a crap ton of value for Kevin Durant, you know, almost not peak value, but like he's still a, really really good top five player in this league and you can capitalize on that while you can that could be something that really you know pays off down the road um and really helps you know if you're gonna end up doing a rebuild type of thing that'll expedite it a ton because you're gonna get a ton of value you're gonna get picks you're gonna get whatever um so if i was them like you said i probably would consider definitely moving them moving him for the right price but I don't know. It all it does depend on the offers that are coming in. Like if they if they look at it and say, "Hey, we can get Siakam and for this price and whatever." Like, I mean, it's it's KD and Siakam. Like, that, wait a that's second. What, what about this? This just came into my brain, right? Because this team is being vilified uh, all over the place because of numerous situations that have occurred. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. What if the Grizzlies said, "To hell with this. We got John Morant. We're going to give him KD." And let's see what they could do together out here in the West. And we'll give up Bain. We'll give up Jaron Jackson. We'll give up a one or whatever the case may be. And we're going to put KD with John Moran and see how much of a run they can get on here with the Memphis Grizzlies. Nobody's talking about Memphis being a huge player for any superstar, but I'm sorry. They have to get him a superstar. I think if they're ever going to come out of the West. I, I mean, I think Memphis is in, I think Memphis is in a spot that, could be similar to the Bucks spot where, you know, and they're not there yet, but the like Giannis doesn't have a second superstar with him. Right. And I don't, but here's the thing. I mean, Ja is not Giannis. That is, let's get that straight. And he never will be. I don't think he's ever going to be like the consensus best player in the world, but you have, you have your star in Ja. You don't really have a second star, but you've got like four deep that are really, really good. And I think Bain has kind of taken that step where like, he's a really good player. I think they if they make a trade, I saw they were rumored to maybe be giving up like three firsts for an OG on an OB. Good that trade. I could like without getting, I think they could still be a huge threat and potentially come out of the West, especially considering there's not like a dominant team in the West right now. I know the like Denver's playing well and obviously Golden State's good, but I don't know. It's not like some, you know, in the East, it feels like okay, if they were in the East, like they're just not getting past Milwaukee or Boston. But in the West, I think they have a better chance. And so if you can get an OG on an OB with just giving up basically picks and whatever, I mean, you're a really deep team. You have your star and you've got like four guys behind that that are really, really, really good. And that's something also that kind of the the Raptors did when they had, you know, Kawhi. And then they didn't like Siakam wasn't a star at that point. And I mean, it was just kind of like they had multiple guys behind them. They had Van Vliet, they had Lowry, they had Siakam that made that a really good team, a championship team and went on to win a title carried by their superstar. Um, again, I don't, I don't personally, I don't believe in Ja that much that he can do that right now, but I mean, 
I don't think me personally that they like have to go get another star. I think with how deep they are, they could get another nice guy and, and be a real, real contender. But it's just like Milwaukee, like you said, in the aspect of free agency. They're not going to get money to go sign there. Like, if you're going to go get that other guy, you're going to have to trade to go get that other guy more than likely. That's how this is going to have to play out. Now, the name that Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, threw out on ESPN that he had heard was the Boston Celtics and Jalen Brown um, going in a, some type of deal to get Kevin Durant over to the Boston Celtics. I ask you, Nathan Marzian, is that, how much better is that Celtics team? Because clearly they're better. But how much better is that Celtics team with Durant and Tatum versus Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because I put on Twitter, this would not be good for the Bucks, And I got a bunch of feedback of people telling me, yeah, right, whatever. You said the same thing about the Nets, that blew up. Like, people just not buying into Durant, uh, making anybody good enough to beat the Milwaukee Bucks at this point, uh, especially not the Boston Celtics. Your thoughts? I mean, on the surface level, yeah, like it feels like that makes them better and everything. But if you ask any, to me, the best way of really knowing this is to ask any Celtics fan because they know their team better than anyone. And I feel like, you know, everyone knows what KD is. Like, there's no mystery of what Kevin Durant is for a team. But the Celt- I, from everything I've seen, every Celtics fan has said, I don't want to trade Jalen Brown to get Kevin Durant. And that, why? I To me, it sounds crazy, but yes, they obviously, and I'm telling you, every, like, this isn't just like, oh, a few of them. Like, I, every single one of them seems to say that. Let me and, ask you this. Do you think Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton are the same? You think one is much is better than the other? Where would you compare them? Because Tatum's clearly the guy in Boston. Giannis is clearly the guy in Milwaukee. Duran has been the guy with Brooklyn. So now we're talking about secondary stars. Jalen Brown clearly is that secondary star. But is he at Middleton's level or is he above that? Because I don't think he can go be the guy and lead a team to a championship being a one for anybody. No, I don't either. I think he's, I think he's, I mean, especially cause he's younger. Like he's a guy I'd rather have than Chris. And I think he's a little bit better at this point. Um, Chris is, I mean, again, it's hard to tell cause Chris is obviously limited right now. And if you're talking about Chris two years ago when he was averaging 25 in the finals, like, I mean, Jalen Brown can do that. Absolutely. But it's like, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, they're, they're comparable at least. I think they're both kind of, like you said, like a second tier. Yeah player rather than one of those first tier guys or even a third tier guy. But um, I would take, I would take Brown over Middleton. Right. Like as, so, a, just as a player. I don't understand then if you're the Celtics, you, you're going to get the best player on your team is going to be the guy you're getting and you're giving up a secondary player and picks, whatever, who cares what else is going with them, but you're giving up your secondary player and you're getting a player better than your best player on your team. Cause Durant is better than Jason Tatum. So now you're, your talent has greatly improved. Having said that, he ain't Kyrie where you're going to have all kinds of problems. Now, he may not be there longer than his current deal. So there is that, right? There's no guarantee Durant's going to sit in Boston for 10 years and play for the Celtics. That's probably not going to happen. So it's a short window of we better win a championship while we have them uh, and, and make our run. And maybe that's what scares the Boston Celtic fans at this point. But I'm sorry. If you're talking about chances of beating this Bucks team, it is far greater in my mind with Durant and Tatum than it is with Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, it definitely, like, again, I, in my eyes, like, I don't want them to get Durant because, it's yeah, awesome. it makes them better. I think it's just they want to keep that pretty young core together. Well, it's like you're, you're trading for KD who, I mean, again, and you can you can argue both sides of this of, like, no, you just want to go in right now while you have Tatum and whatever. 
which I, I do agree with, but it's like on the other side, okay, you're, you're going to trade for KD who gives you like a two year window right now of let's go win a title versus you, you keep Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum together. Like they're both young. They, that can be a long time thing and you're going to be good for a long, long, long time. I think that's part of it too, is just the, I mean, that the age factor is huge. Um, and I mean, Jalen Brown is averaging 27 this year. It's not like he's a 20 point per game guy. Like, I don't know. I think that's the thing is like, is it worth the question for them is like, is it worth dropping from a top five guy to a top 15 guy it, or dropping from, or I guess going from a top 15 guy to a top five guy, but you're giving up the, you know, 10 years potentially of like how good Jalen Brown will right. be. It's, is it worth it? I mean, again, to me as an opposing fan, I don't want to face Kevin Durant. Like, and I think everyone agrees with that. And but, that's, a, that's it. If you're Brad Stevens, that's the question. So as I look at my roster right now, and he's coached these guys, right? So he knows. As I look at my roster, is this good enough to beat Milwaukee? Do I feel confident they can, we can beat the Bucs in the Eastern Conference Finals? And if the answer is, mm, maybe. But now, if I have Kevin Durant, is the answer, oh, yeah, yeah. We can definitely beat the Bucs now. Then that's what you're weighing here. Because Brad Stevens couldn't get it done with the Celtics to win a ring. So now it's Brad Stevens' GM. Is he going to be able to get it done from that perspective to go win a ring uh, and get this whole thing done? And that's what we got to wait and see. And that, also, to me, that's why I think you got to make the deal if Stephen A. Smith is right that they're even talking. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I don't know how true that is. I don't. Stephen A. Smith doesn't really have good sources, in my opinion. But if it is, like, I mean, the other thing is you could look at it and say, okay, maybe if this was the off season. It's a different story because you get the whole year to get these guys. True. You know, do you want to risk? You know, they're they're in a pretty safe spot right now, and I'm not saying that they're a lock to come out of the East by any means, but like they are right there for sure. Like, there's a, no team that they don't think they can beat, and rightfully so. They're a really good team. Like, do you want to risk blowing that up a little bit? And yes, you're getting Kevin Durant. Like, it, there's a huge argument to say yes. Like, go get Kevin Durant. But if they did that, and all of a sudden you know, things didn't work out and it didn't really like those guys didn't play well together and things just didn't work. You'd be like, why the hell do we like, if it, you know, it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, why did we try to blow this up and get greedy and whatever? I'm just making the argument for the other side. Like there's part of you that says that as well. And there's also the argument of, Hey, like, I mean, when Durant was like, just recently was with Harden and he was with Kyrie. And I know one of those guys was hurt um, in that, in those series, but like, he didn't win those series. Like as, as great as Kevin Durant has been, I mean, he didn't beat the bucks. He didn't beat the Celtics last year. And so you're kind of saying like, is this a surefire? We're coming to the finals. If we have Kevin Durant, like, I don't know. I love Kevin Durant, but like he hasn't proven that he can be that dude, unless he's with Curry clay, you know, the best team arguably ever. Like, I don't know. There's an argument to be made on the other side. Yeah, I get it. No, no question about it. All right. So let's uh, bring ourselves to the bucks here. Do we think this Bucks team is going to get this Crowder deal done before this is all said and done? Because I'll be honest with you, I, I think Phoenix, because Eric Name brought it up when we talked to him last week. If you missed the Eric Name uh, podcast, uh, a green and growing podcast last week, uh, Bucks beat writer for The Athletic. Very, very uh, entertaining and fun interview. Go check it out now. Uh, go back and listen to it. But he brought up the point that they're probably going to probably try to figure out how to include Crowder in a bigger deal in order to get something done. The Suns are another team 
I could see them making a run at Durant if this becomes a Durant's on the move and Durant wants out. I think the Phoenix Suns could get involved uh, and try and get a deal done. Uh, and, you know, it's Crowder, it's Chris Paul, it's Aiden. I don't know who ends up going in the deal, but something along those lines to give them Durant and Devin Booker going forward uh, in Phoenix to try and come out of the West. For me, the Bucs just don't seem to have a lot. I feel like the Bucs are going to be the last option to get Jay Crowder out of Phoenix. And if nobody can come with anything better, then they'll do it at the very end. Yeah, and I agree. And I still think, though, I still think that even with that, there's a pretty decent chance of it happening. I don't know how likely it is that Phoenix is able to pull off one of those huge deals. And the good news for us is that there's really nobody else that's trying to get Crowder specifically. Like, if there were a bunch of, if he was just this huge, like this, this super prized commodity that everyone wanted, you'd be like, our offer is not that good. Like, we're not going to win this, you know, win a deal against, against these other teams that can offer more. It's like if they do have to go to their backup plan, we're really the only backup plan. Right. So that's what that's what still makes me confident is like if they can't give him anywhere else, they're gonna give him to us. And I they're not gonna just keep him. So I think that there's still a pretty solid chance. I'm not, you know, completely out on it. I'm not also completely into it, but like I I think there's still a, we have a fighter's chance at that. And if I had to guess, if I did have to predict one move that will happen for us, I would predict that that would be the one. Like I would that's think the other. That that's the other right. side of it, though. If you're John Horst, right? Think about this, Nathan. Here we are. Draft. It, it's trade deadline day. It's Thursday. Phoenix is like, hold on, hold on. We got to wait and see what else we can do here. Hold on, hold on. So now you got your dudes that you're trying to get in this deal done. So you can you just sit there and wait and go, well, I hope we get it done. Otherwise, we're not doing anything. Or do you still have to be active trying to get deals done? Because I don't think you can wait forever. Like, at some point, you got to tell Phoenix, dude, we're going to try and make other deals. If you can't come at us right now and confirm this, then great. If we don't get our deal done, you don't get your deal done, then we'll pull the Crowder deal. But otherwise, we got to be active. I trust that Horst. Like, they know that they're going to they're gonna have other stuff. Just like Phoenix has us as kind of a backup plan, we're going to have other backup plans for this Crowder thing. Some, you know, okay, if we can't do this, and this is doesn't look like it's going to happen, we're going to pivot to this, and we're going to try to get this guy. And, I mean, you got to trust that it's it's Horst's job, that they're doing that stuff behind the scenes. They, they have that stuff in place because that's what they have to do. Like, like you're never... I don't think these guys ever get too set on one specific deal and just waiting around for that. Like they know they have to have pivot options, especially like I have no idea how aggressive the bucks want to be, but if they really are dead set on like, we need a bigger wing or we need someone to bring in here, they're not going to just wait around and say, Oh, well, you know, if we don't get crowded, okay, we'll just live with it. Like if they really want to get a guy that bad, they're going to have backup plans. They're going to have other guys they want to pivot to. And again, I just, I'm going to trust that, and I'm going to believe that you know they'll, they'll have those other options. I'm sure we talked about this, but I don't remember your answer. If you could have Bogdanovich or Crowder, which would you prefer, Bogdanovich from the Pistons or Crowder? Bogdanovich is better than Crowder, but I mean, I here's the thing. Bogdanovich is the way better player at this point, but for their price, I would probably rather have Crowder because Crowder is going to give you – Crowder is a better defender to me. I mean yes. – Boyan has not been a good defender. He's worth a, like he's contract is huge and he's just not huge, but pretty big. And he's going to cost you a lot more. And to me, like I wouldn't be super thrilled if they give up a ton to go get Bogdanovich when they could just, you know, again, this is assuming if you could, if you could do the Crowder trade, I'd rather do the Crowder one. Um, Now, if they can't do Crowder and again, if they really feel like they need to bring someone else in, like I'm not going to be mad at them for kind of, 
making a splash and trying to get Bojan. But again, for their for their prices, I would probably rather have Crowder. Do you think the Bucks get a deal done? Yes. Of some sort, whether it's Crowder, whoever. I, I yeah. think Horse gets something done too. I don't know how how high caliber it'll be or what type of player it'll be, but I think they'll get something done along those lines. I got to wrap it up here. Uh, Marquette is currently playing as we're recording this, so Marziad is kind of taking sneak peeks and looking what happened. So what what all happened? I want I want a story here at the end on uh, National Marquette Day because you said you were probably going to be drunk at some point on Saturday doing your thing. So how, I, I saw pictures, and I don't know Marquette's campus that well, but I, wherever it was, there were houses or buildings, and there was just a ton of kids all out there partying together prior to the Marquette game. So tell me how uh, your day went Saturday. I know it was really fun. I wasn't really on campus that much. Like that's where like those pictures are from is campus, you know, campus and those alleys and stuff. They just are packed. Um, I was a little bit off campus and then I went to the game and then we were just out downtown for basically the whole day. I spent way too much money, but yeah, it was fun. How did you end up with those bad seats? Don't they know who you are? Don't you be like, like the, I'm Nathan yeah. Marsdale. I'm like one of the most famous people that have ever graduated from Marquette. I can't be sitting up here in these nosebleed seats. I'm assuming that's where you were because that picture you took was high in the air. Well, we went. So we have our season tickets, which are in the upper corner. I think they're they're 200 bucks for the whole season, which. Oh, that's great. Yeah. deal. Yeah. So that's we just sit there and we did. I ended up moving down. I was pretty drunk during the game, but I ended up moving down. <laughs> We, we went up six. So we went up 16 to three. We got there a little bit late and we're, this is a thing. This is a thing. We're usually never drunk for the games because like, I, I want to watch the game. Right. But we were playing Butler and I'm like, we're going to, you know, we're all kind of like, we're going to beat Butler. Like this isn't the game. There, there's times they schedule, like when Nova was really good, like they would schedule Nova on national Marquette day. And it's like, okay, like this is actually a huge, meaningful game. This game was more just, all right we should get, take care of business. It's more like just a party and whatever. So we, um, yeah, we, we were kind of already pretty drunk when we walked in. So we, they went up 16 to three, we go up to the sky bar. Then I ended up down in the, um, student section saying hi to some of my friends. Then we left with like 10 minutes to go and we're kind of just following it on the TVs at the bar after that. So we, the game, we weren't even like, we were in our actual seats up at the top there for like, honestly, like six minutes of game time really? and then we were then we were all over the place after that so yeah sounds good yeah, they're down good. They're, they're down 17 to 4 right now by the way Ooh, to uconn yeah that is i see i didn't have it on my tvs up here in the studio because i don't want to be distracted and take away from what i'm trying to do here but <laughs> I, regardless even if they get beat by uconn i don't think it really matters at this point i mean you're no, a top okay. 10 team uh in the country you get beat by uconn it's not going to ruin you one way or the other now that milwaukee lost to green bay uh, and again, that's a deal where, like you said, oh, it's bothered. Ah, a National Marquette Day, easy. I'm sure that Panther fans thought the same thing. They were lobbying hard to get t- students to those games, try to fill up that arena, get everybody there. They went above and beyond putting Bart Lundy out everywhere uh, to do interviews to fill that stadium up. Uh, and then, you know, that lucky heave to send it to overtime. Kid, Same kid hits another shot to beat you. And Again, I mean, they had two wins, Green Bay, going into that game. Two freaking yeah. wins. Uh, and they have said the Panthers. Never take anybody for granted in any sport, college or pro, even though I do it all the time, just like Marzion did with Butler, and obviously he was right. All right, go enjoy your Marquette game. Hopefully Marquette comes back and uh, pulls out the win against UConn. 
Thursday, we do this again prior to the Bucs playing later at night on the West Coast. And by that point, we'll know who the Bucs have added, who other teams have added, and we can kind of reanalyze uh, who the strong teams are going forward in our trade deadline podcast. And of course, that'll be up on Friday morning there. Have a good one. Toodles.